I was so angry and so upset. And I just took all of that and turned it into the play. I mean, it was really a very healthy outlet. It's a, it's a wonderful obsession that I have. <laughs> Hi, I'm Amy Simon, and you're entering A World Gone Good. Well, hello, my name is Steve, and this is World Gone Good, the podcast where we explore gruesome murders committed by serial killers. Just kidding. This is the podcast where we talk about good things and good experiences with good people. Our goal is simple, prove that there's still good out there, and you can help us spread the good by sharing, subscribing, rating, and reviewing us wherever you are listening in now. You can also follow us on the socials. On Instagram, we are at World Gone Good Podcast. And on Twitter, we are at World Gone Good One. That's World Gone Good, followed by the number one. Follow us, and we will happily follow you back. And finally, check out all the serial killers, I mean good guests, we've had on our website, worldgonegoodpodcast.com. Now, let's get to the murders. I mean the show. We are about to get a good lesson in herstory from an expert. My friend Amy Simon is here. I asked Amy to come join me because it's Women Histories Month and we needed someone who knew what she was talking about. And my friend Amy knows what she's talking about. She is a historian. She is a playwright and a performer. We have known each other for a very long time. She first joined me in an early show I had. You've heard me talk about it before on here called 15 Minutes of Femme. And she, for over a decade now, has been performing a show that keeps evolving. It's a one-person show. It's called She's History. She does it to sold-out houses and theaters and schools and all kinds of places. So I thought, it's uh, Women's History Month. She's a friend. She's an expert. Let's get her on here and get her to spread some good with us, right? Before we do that, let's have ourselves a little good quiz to just see how much She's History you know. Okay, ready? Here we go. This is an easy question. Two questions. Who was the first woman to run for president? And what year did she run for office? If your answer is Hillary Clinton and you think she ran for the presidency in 2008, I mean, she did. Well, um, that's actually not the right answer. Hang on, hang on, because you're about to get a history lesson in a really good way. It is Women's History Month, and I needed an expert on this show, so I went to an expert who has 20 years of performance history, history, cultural historian, playwright, performer, Amy Simon, how are you? I'm good. I love March. I love Women's History Month. I actually gave birth twice in Women's History Month, but I didn't realize at the time that it was Women's History Month. However, it was raising daughters that turned me on to a women's historical, cultural historian. That's amazing. Now, uh, last time I saw the kids, mm, I want to say seven and five, four and three. Like, are we talking their 20 somethings now? You can address me as grandma. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, my daughter had a pandemic baby. My daughters are, are they're each having a birthday this month. They will turn 25 and 29. And my 29-year-old, Rose, who literally inspired my entire playwriting career with my first play, Cheerios in My Underwear, uh, she's turning 29. And she had a baby August of 2020. I'm just like, wow, right now. 
<laughs> wow. I remember being in your house and us making a wall of photos. Yes. And, right? Oh my God. You you taught me you taught me how to keep a picture on the wall. I will always love you for that. <laughs> yeah, and other things. <laughs> But remember when you, you had all these pictures, Amy, and, and you're like, okay, let's get going. And I was like, let's lay it on the floor or on yeah. a table. And you were like, you're a genius. And I'm like, no, I do this all the time. Lay them all out on the floor. Don't, start, I, don't start banging in the wall yet, people. I still do that. You, Good. Taught me well. you taught me well. My sister taught me that. My sister's an artist. So my sister taught me that. But listen, Cheerios in her underwear. That's where we met because you are one of the many 15 minutes of femme alum that have stopped by. We've had Juliet Jeffers. We've had Mary Weiss. We've had Melissa Peterman. The host herself was here. And what, what year was that? Um, I think it was about 2000. Three or four? Oh wait, I know it was about two thousand five because that or something around there. Yeah, I started that around two thousand five, and that was a fantastic show. That was so much fun to do with all those wonderful women. You did such a great job with that, and I made one of my best friends doing doing that show. I met one of my best friends who I'm Ooh. best friends with, Wendy. Well, she was Wendy Kamenoff then. Now she's Wendy Hammers. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We met, and um. That was a real highlight. It was at the Egyptian Theater in L.A., which is a beautiful theater, which I always appreciate beautiful theater. So that was a really wonderful experience. The, the way the way that show came about, because people ask all the time, um, I had two babies, two little ones. My Rose was four and Ruby was one. And I was on a plane because my ex-husband was English and we were flying to England and flying with two little ones, no fun. And I literally got off the plane in London, pulled my pants down, and there were all these Cheerios everywhere. Because that's how you keep kids quiet sometimes on a plane. <laughs> with che- Me, I have beer, but they, they have Cheerios. <laughs> and that's literally how I came up with the title. <laughs> I remember it well. I remember it well. Now, you transitioned over to a whole other world, and you started, am I right in saying 20 years? You have a 20th anniversary show coming up? So... I've been doing she's my current show, She's History. I put that up in 2009. That's the first uh, iteration of it at the Lounge Theater in Hollywood. So, and but it really got going in 2010. So, my goodness, yeah, it's 12 years I've been doing it. Um, but yeah, I mean, I was performing in LA when I started doing little pieces of Cheerios in my underwear. I was co-producing a show at at a theater on Fairfax called Bang. And it was um, a show called Heroin with an E, Addicts. And it was a a story show for women who wrote and performed their own material, but it was polished and proven. It wasn't like an open mic. It was a very polished show. And several of the the people that have been on uh, World Gone Good have have been in in, uh, Heroin Addicts. And so I had written this one little piece called It Never Ends, which I performed. And then I, I wrote another piece. And it was at that venue that I really put Cheerios and my underwear together because I would write little pieces. And the women in the show, Jane Lynch was in the show and all kinds of, of amazing actresses in Los Angeles. And so the 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 uh, window was high. What am I trying to say, Steve? The window was open. The door was open. The, no, the, no, the, the escalator bar, was near. But the bar the was bar, high. Bar was, <laughs> <laughs> the bar was high. But how did She's History start? <sighs> She's History started because a couple things happened. First, I couldn't find a job. It was 2007 or so, 2008. Things were falling apart. I had been 
going through a god-awful divorce, an absolutely horrific divorce. And I had never been involved in the family legal system or a lawyer or courts. And I found it to be unbelievably dysfunctional and sexist. And I was, and the lawyers were terrible. It was just a very disheartening to say the least. So I got sort of up on myself and said, I'm going to go to the library where I had done all my research for, for Cheerios and my underwear. And there was a lot of uh, important information and interesting stuff about women and motherhood and equity and pay that I discovered from doing Cheerios in my underwear, all the research about motherhood. And I thought, I'm going to go back to the library and I'm going to, I'm going to find out women's rights and, and I'm going to go to the court myself and I'm going to stand up for myself. So I go to the library, a wonderful place. And I say, where I'm looking for information about women's rights. And I go into this, she tells me where to go, one aisle, I go to the W section, and I pull out this book called Women's Progress in America. It's this great book that has all this stuff alphabetized. A, they have abortion, you know, S, they have Gloria Steinem, they have Bella Abzug under A, all, you know, I'm looking through it, there's all these, and I get to, and I go to the women W page for women's rights, and I see a picture of a woman named Victoria Woodhull. Victoria Woodhull happened to be the first woman who ran for president. I never heard of her. And she asked Frederick Douglass to be her running mate. She was called the prostitute who ran for president. I was like, who is this woman? And all of a sudden, it was when Hillary Clinton was running for office and Barack Obama was running against her. And I'm telling you, Steve, I'd always been a feminist. I studied women's studies along with theater in college. And something literally clicked. I can still see it. I just started looking at this book. I sat down in the library on the floor and I start going through this book. And it just, there were all these stories of these amazing women that I'd never heard of and didn't know anything about. And that, between that and the divorce and trying to, and I couldn't find a job. And I said, shit, I'm going to write another goddamn play. And this time (laughs) it's going to be on justice and women and and it took a while. I mean, I've been, I still study. I still study. I, I just got a fantastic new, another new book about women who make history and women who made history. And that's really, I just, I just started to put it together. I started writing these stories about these women because they were amazing and I didn't know anything about them and it pissed me off. And you know, when you get pissed off, stuff happens. So that's action, action, action yeah, happens. You know, exactly. I mean, without sounding too Pollyanna, and I actually haven't thought about this for a while, but I was in a terrible place. I mean, I was going through this horrible divorce and I had kids and there was this, and I didn't think I, I couldn't believe I couldn't get hired. I was over 50. I used to be in the music business. There was no more. It was a record business. Then there wasn't a record business. I had gone to these interviews and being interviewed by, you know, 30 year old guys that wanted me to take a typing test. Meanwhile, I'd had a very, you know, impressive career as a promotion and marketing manager. And you know, I was just, there was so, I was so angry and so upset. And I just took all of that and turned it into the play. I mean, it was really a very healthy outlet. It's a, it's a wonderful obsession that I have. (laughs) It's, it's a very healthy obsession. And I've met amazing people. I've performed for Gloria Steinem, a highlight of my entire life. Wow. I mean, the tagline is, why do we know more about Kim Kardashian than Abigail Adams? That's the tagline. But when I first started it, it was, why do I know more about Paris Hilton? Because it was 2008 and she was all on TV. Right. I was lucky to be a stay-at-home mom, although I was punished financially for that, which is in the play. Um, but I would go to the school and there would like be all this information about all the men. And it always pissed me off. Like, where are the women? 
where are the women? And luckily, my daughter Ruby had a fantastic teacher in for, uh, sixth grade, Mr. Fulvery. And he let me, I actually created a different version of the play for school. Um, so he, and he let me sort of work it out in the classroom. And I, I'd go into the classroom and I'd say, okay, oh gosh, I don't know. Where should I stand? Should I stand up? You know what? Let's take a vote on where I should stand, but only the boys. Nice. Yeah. And they would be like, what? So, you know, like I said, it's <laughs> quite, quite the obsession, but I mean, seriously, what I learned so much, like for instance, the very first women's convention was in 1848. Women were not allowed to speak in public. I didn't know that they couldn't own anything. They couldn't inherit anything. They couldn't leave their husbands if they were being abused, if their husbands were drunk. I mean, I want, I want your listeners to know the play is actually very funny, but there's a lot of serious stuff in it too. And when I first started writing it, I remember I met Gloria Steinem at this like party that Wendy Hammers invited me to this fundraiser that I could never afford to go to in Beverly Hills. She goes, Amy, you got to come with me. Gloria Steinem is there. And I was like, oh, my God. So I meet Gloria Steinem. I'm completely starstruck. And I've been around rock stars, but Gloria Steinem. I'm like, oh, I'm writing a play about Victoria Woodhull and Elizabeth Cady Stanton and Lucretia Mott. Your listeners might not know these people. And Anne Hutchinson. And she looked and she knew them all. And she looked at me and she said, how are you going to put them all into play? I said, I don't know, but I'm going to make it funny. And then she tells me the story about Victoria Woodhull, who, if your listeners are interested, if they can come to the show, they'll see. But Google Victoria Woodhull. She was an amazing woman. 1872, she ran for president. And Gloria very calmly says, you know, there was going to be a Broadway musical about Gloria, about Victoria Woodhull. Tom Cruise bought a script for his wife, Nicole Kidman, but then they broke up. I'm like, what? So I run home and Google, I'm like, yes, it's true. And there have been a couple, there's another, I think before the pandemic, I can't quite remember the name of the actress, a well-known actress also was slated to do either a movie, I think a movie about Victoria Woodhull, because her story is just amazing. And so many of like, I in the play, I say, we've all heard of Susan B. Anthony, but I never heard of Elizabeth Cady Stanton. And she was literally Susan B. Anthony's partner. She grew up very rich and privileged. She had seven kids. Susan had none. They met each other coincidentally, and they were they were the most amazing partners. They had a 50-year partnership. Together, the two of them just kicked ass, just kicked ass. And when women got together in the 1800s, so much history, women's history and progress happened in the 1800s. And the women organized and got 400,000 signatures for the 13th Amendment to free the slaves. They worked on abolition. That's how... That's actually women learned how to organize by working for abolition and also prohibition. But that's where they learned how to organize and get stuff done. So they do all this amazing work, literally 400,000 signatures they get, and they help get the 13th Amendment passed. And then the 14th Amendment comes along and they say, okay, we're going to free the slaves, which was actually the 15th Amendment. But for the 14th Amendment, which is a hugely complicated amendment, but they put the word male in there for the first time that anybody born, the 14th Amendment is still used today. It's a really um, groundbreaking amendment because it says if you're born in America, you are a citizen. And if you're a citizen, you can vote. But because they put the word male in, because women could not vote, they were not allowed to vote. In the beginning of our country, I didn't know any of this. I don't remember learning it in school if, if it was even taught. Only white men with property could vote. That was it. Women and women were delicate creatures and they had tiny little brains and they couldn't even think about voting. Oh, no. And Elizabeth Cady Stanton, you know, grew up very smart. A lot of women did. They 
they had to sneak read, you know, and learn and study. They weren't allowed into institutions. I mean, even Hillary Clinton, when she was 11 years old, she sent a letter to, to NASA to say, I want to be an astronaut. And they said, nope, you're a girl and you can't. And Bella Abzug, by the way, I'm working on a solo play about Bella Abzug. I've been working on that for about four years. I'm hoping to All right, get- wait, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Okay. First question that I have for you, because you, we've gone through so much stuff, but the first question my 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 listeners are going to have is, how much coffee did you have today? <laughs> no. The truth of the matter is you are so fucking passionate about this. So yeah, my question I is- I just get, don't get me started. Just don't. <laughs> I know, but here's the thing. It's a question. Look, I have so many guests who come on and they're passionate about stuff. And I love it because it inspires other people to become passionate about what they're passionate about. So let's, let's take a step back here for a second. The very first show that you ever did of this, it has evolved into something else, right? I mean, you the, the show itself has almost a history in how it's evolved. If you look back at that very first show, that very first version of it, do you are you proud of it? Do you cringe a little bit like I do when I listen back to some of my first podcasts I put out? <laughs> do you know what I'm saying? Like when you look back at the first show compared to how you do it now, what's the journey there? Um, I'm very proud of it. And I had a very good director who helped me work it out. So by the time it got on stage, no, I mean, first of all, I don't like to watch myself um, ever. You know, I have a million videos. I don't, I don't try to look at them, except sometimes it's helpful. So what I would say is, as I've gone on, I've learned many things. I've learned from my audience. One, The very first time I did a show, and it was only a 45-minute it was only 45 minutes. Um, it's now 75 minutes. So it's definitely evolved. There happened to be a women's history professor in the audience. Oh my God, no pressure at all. I didn't know that. I had no idea. This <laughs> right, was, right. It was a Mother's Day show that I did and it was called She's History. And what I did was I would ask the audience, do you know who was the first woman to run for president? And I would have a bowl of chocolate kisses. And if someone, and then I'd throw out, if they got the answer right, I'd throw out, throw out a kiss to them, you know, a chocolate kiss. Okay, I have to stop you. I have to stop you for one second to just tell you something incredible. I interviewed a woman whose sister was named Amy, and Amy was a teacher. And when her students did something right, she had a bowl of kisses, and she would throw them a kiss. And her sister, to a whole different story, is no longer with us, but they created an organization called Amy's Kisses. So this is blowing my mind right now. I just got the chills. That is insane. Isn't that insane? Go look up that one in our episode guide. Continue. So you're in the middle of the show. You ask that question. And every, and I asked lots of questions. And this one woman kept answering all the questions. So I just gave her the entire bowl of chocolate kisses. <laughs> and everybody laughed. And she's the one that taught me. In, when I first started to, to write the play, you know, the, the, the voting, women voting movement is called suffrage, S-U-F-F-R-A-G-E. Now, I only knew the word suffragette because of the David Bowie song. Right. But, but her, Martha Wheelock is the, is the women's professor, women's history professor, um, who I met and ended up putting me in a movie she did about California women winning the vote. That happened in, uh, 2011 because women won the vote here in California in 1911. But she told me, no, a, it's a suffragist. If you're an American woman fighting for the vote, you're a suffragist. In England, you're a suffragette. And I learned lots of things from, to this day, people tell me stuff that I don't know and ask me about other women I should put in the show. So I learned a lot from the audience. What I remember now that you've asked, what I've learned is because the play actually 
covers four centuries. I go back and forth in time. I talk about women today. I talk about women in the 1600s and the 18 and the 1900s. And sometimes people got confused. So I learned to put a timeline in my, I have a video that I show, you know, I have a, a image, a slideshow and I, it's, I show different images. There are real people and, you know, you want to see who they really are. And I learned because they were getting confused about where I was. So I learned to put a timeline and now it's very clear and they can follow the show. So like I said, I always learn stuff from the audience. Here's a question for you. Of all these women, who is most like you? Not not so much who do you look up to, but who who resonated with you where you're like, that's me? Well, Bella Abzug, I think, because she was such a pain in the ass. <laughs> <laughs> she was such a pain in the ass. And the reason she, I got to tell you, now that you're asking again, I was in a print store back 10 years ago and I was creating uh, photos of the women. I put them in the lobby, you know, and um, there was a young girl and I showed her a picture of Gloria Steinem and she didn't know who she was. And then I show her a picture. I said, do you know who this is? This is Bella Abzug. Steve, there was an older gentleman at the end of the counter in this little print shop on Pico Boulevard in Los Angeles. He picks his head up. He looks at me, goes, Bella Abzug, what a pain in the ass. <laughs> so that's in the show. That's amazing. That's amazing. That's a great badge. That's a great badge to wear. I don't really see myself except that I'm, you know, a determined pain in the ass. So right, other than- here's the thing. I knew you back in the day when you were mid-divorced, kind of divorced, going through the divorce. Do you look back at that and now look at all the work you've done on this and feel empowered? Absolutely. Oh yeah. It's really, it's, it's saved me. It really, I mean, it truly has the, and, and I know it sounds, sometimes I sound like Pollyanna, but I don't care because when I think things are bad, I think of Victoria Woodhull wearing all those clothes, the women, the, what they had to wear in the 1800s (laughs) and she's sitting and she got, she ran for president and on election day, she was in jail in the tombs of lower Manhattan in the summer with no air conditioning. And the reason she was in jail was because she had a newspaper and she opened the first women's stock brokerage firm on Wall Street. I mean, she was really quite something, but she also opened a newspaper. She ran a newspaper with her sister and she would print stories about men who were adulterous, like there was a famous preacher who she outed, or she would talk about birth control. And in those days, there was a law called the Comstock Law, where you were not allowed to publish material. Uh, Margaret Sanger ended up in jail also. Actually, she had to leave the country, so she wasn't arrested. When You weren't allowed to, po- to publish anything like that. So they arrested her actually on election day. And, and she wasn't quite 35 years old when she ran for president. And you legally, you have to be 35. So we don't have quite records of anyone who voted for her. But if you Google the first woman to run for president, you will see, you will see her name, Victoria Woodhull. So it's, it's Women's History Month now. And your show is going back up on, I want to say Sunday. No, you do this right, because I'm going to fuck it up. Sunday, March 20th? Yeah, you got it. I got it. Sunday, March 20th, 2 p.m. And where's the show going to be? It's on this, at the Zephyr Theater on Melrose Avenue, right in the heart of West Hollywood. A really nice theater. Such a good theater. Such a good theater. Yeah, Del Shores. Del Shores was the king of the Zephyr for forever. That's right. That's right. Yeah, it's a storied theater. I've never performed there. I 
I actually belong to a theater called Theater West, which is the the oldest operating theater company in Los Angeles. And the only reason I'm not doing it there is because I've done my show there many times as a fundraiser for my wonderful theater. It's a co-op theater. And also, Steve, you probably don't know this, but years ago, I started working on an all-female version, an all-female all cast version of She's History because I do it. It's a one-woman show. But I want the stories to be out there, and I want other women to be able to play the part. So I worked for years on a, a version called She Too. Is, well, I don't even know what the name of it. Sometimes I call it She Too is History to separate it from the, from the solo show version. But I've done several staged readings. The last one I did, I had Lorraine Newman come wow. and she played Bella Abzug. Everybody wants to play Bella Abzug, by the way. Melanie Chardoff, who's a wonderful actress. You know, like I said, the play is a magnet for people that are passionate about this subject, too. So the all-cast version has, I think, well, my play has set 37 women, the solo play. And just to be clear, we follow the stories of Elizabeth, we of the mom, Susan B. Anthony, and Bella Abzug through the play. But there's all these other, you know, women who I either show their picture, tell a quick story about, or mention something wonderful that they've done. So it's chock full. It's chock full of information. But the full cast version, it can be done with 10 women and they play all the parts. They play the men, they play the children, because just in case you don't know, back in Shakespeare's day, the women were not allowed on the stage and That's the right. men did everything. So I'm just, I'm just trying to even out the balance, you know? Well, let me ask you this. You're a grandma now. Hmm. <laughs> Uh, a grandma to a a little boy or a little girl? A little girl. Her name is Scotty. So Scotty, what what do you want Scotty to to look back at you and see you as in she's history and her history? <laughs> wow, what a question! I, I I just want her to 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 be proud of her grandmother and say, oh, so that's why my mom turned out like that. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, good or bad? Both. Both. Where can people get tickets to your show? She's history.com. One one big word. That's my website. Or if they go to brown paper tickets and just put in She's History, it will pop up. Where can people find you online to follow you? Are you on social media? Um, I'm on Facebook. <clears throat> and I'm terrible at Twitter and Instagram. But I am on Facebook. I have a Facebook page. And, uh, you know, go to my website. There's all kinds of stuff there. I, I actually have some really cool things called Fabulous Female Facts, and you could read about lots of different women for free, and it's cool. That's awesome. So we close these shows with two questions. They can reflect back to anything we've already talked about or anything you want to say. The first question is, who inspires you? Oh, my goodness. Every woman in my play Gloria Steinem, Bella Abzug, um, <clears throat> gosh, who inspires me Mal today? Malala Yousafzai, if you don't know who she is, she was uh, 10 years old in Pakistan and got 11 years old. She was blogging for the BBC about life under the Taliban. They shot her in the head. I mean, her, and she recovered in England and she addressed the United Nations. And we now have Malala Day on October 8th. So she's an amazing young, young woman. Um, Chelsea Clinton, actually, right now, I bring her up because she's she's got a line of books about women called She Persisted, Elizabeth Warren. And if you don't know the story about that, was Elizabeth Warren was on the floor of the House, or the Senate, rather. She's a senator from Massachusetts. And she was trying to say something, and Mitch McConnell tried to shut her up. And my my whole play, by the way, the theme of silencing women is throughout the play. And she he was trying to, to, 
shut her up. And she was trying to say something. And he goes, but the woman persisted. And it became a meme, of course. And Chelsea Clinton has a line of books called She Persisted. And the last one that she put out this week is about STEM. It's uh, women in math, science, engineering, something like that. So I don't know, Steve, you can't ask me who inspires me. They all do. They're so amazing what they went through. I mean, they died. They were Alice Paul, Alice Paul. Oh my goodness. She was another amazing woman. She's got a big part in my play. She went on all these hunger strikes and led parades and she was a brilliant, brilliant strategist. If she were around today, what she could do with social media, I can't even begin to imagine. That's amazing. The final question is not even a question. It's simply a statement that you can finish any way you want. And this is how we end our shows. It goes like this. Tell me something good. The State of the Union address this week, right? When you when there's a State of the Union, the president speaks, but behind the president since the since the vice president and the speaker of the house, that is the protocol. Well, for the first time ever, there were two women behind the president, Nancy Pelosi and Kamala Harris, two women, one of color, which is even better. And Nancy Pelosi was the first and only woman ever to become Speaker of the House. And the Speaker of the House has more power than the president. So we're getting there. We're getting there. Thank you, Amy, for sharing your good. Check out cheesehistory.com to learn more and get tickets to her upcoming show and shows to come. Next time on World Gone Good. Every time someone doesn't eat an animal, that is a good thing. That is a beautiful thing. And the, the, the reason that we're pushing forward in such a fruitful way is not because of the hardcore vegans, because those people are a teeny tiny percentage. It's the flexitarians. It's the people who are saying, I want to eat less meat. I want to eat more plant-based. I want to eat primarily plant-based, but I still love a piece of fish every once in a while, or I still love eggs every once in a while. Kathy Preston is a fellow Centro Barbarian. Yeah, we both live in SB. And we met online, not online, like an actual line. We were both out at our, one of our favorite vegan eateries, and she was two people behind me. So I walked up to her. I was like, hey, um, are you Kathy? And she's like, yes. And I'm like, you should come be on my podcast. Kathy Preston is a New York Times best-selling author. She's been on Oprah and Ellen and Good Morning America, and now she's coming to visit us. She is all about leaning in. We're going to talk about that and her newest book, 72 Reasons to Be Vegan, Healthier Body and Better Sex, and you better believe we're going to talk about that last part. She's my neighbor, and she's good people. Oh, and my husband's a little obsessed with her, but we're going to get to that too. Until then, be good.